Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1056. Life is an Iron Man. Pace yourself accordingly. By Ben Greenfield of bengreenfieldfitness.com. And I'm Dr. Neil Malik, reading you some of the most popular health and fitness blogs out there with permission from the websites. Now, we have five shows where we narrate articles for you. Just search for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this to find all of them. Now, I gotta say, I love the title of this post. It's such a perfect way to express the philosophy I try and share on this podcast. So I'm super excited to read you Ben Greenfield's post. So let's get right to it as we optimize your life. Life is an Iron Man. Pace Yourself Accordingly by Ben Greenfield of bengreenfieldfitness.com. You know what? An Ironman triathlon is a bit like life in a very interesting way. I'll explain in a moment. See, I used to coach a number of serious Ironman competitors, and I also trained for Ironman pretty seriously myself. Between 2011 and 2016, I completed 13 Ironman triathlons, including six Hawaii Ironman World Championships, 16 half Ironman events, and over 90 additional triathlons, logging over 120 races and over 5,100 miles of swimming, cycling, and running. I don't profess that this is a healthy way to spend the majority of one's time, but it certainly did result in a host of fun adventures, many of which I blogged about on my very first cheesy little blog. Anyways, in case you're not familiar, Ironman is actually a four-discipline sport. Swimming, cycling, running, and management. What I mean by that is that because, unlike, say, baseball, Ironman is a sport of attrition, a gritty and gradual wearing down and weakening of one's fuel stores and neuromuscular capabilities over the course of a very long day. Improper management of one's resources in the realms of pacing, fueling, and hydration can result in a very unpleasant death march to the finish line no matter how fit as a fiddle one is on the starting line. So based on this, the management strategy I coached to my Ironman athletes and used myself was as follows. One, 
identify your peak aerobic capacity and try to maintain that capacity as consistently as possible for the entire 2.4 mile swim, the 112 mile bike ride, and the first 13.1 miles of the run. To identify peak aerobic capacity, which is pretty much synonymous with one's peak fat burning zone, I would either get my athletes into a metabolic laboratory to test the exact heart rate at which their aerobic capacity occurred, or I would have them perform a lactate threshold test in the comfort of their own gym or their own home. I would then subtract about 20 heartbeats from their lactate threshold heart rate to approximate peak aerobic capacity. The beauty of maintaining peak aerobic capacity is that you have at your beck and call tens of thousands of fat storage calories to burn, as opposed to crossing into carbohydrate burning zones and exhausting the relatively finite glycogen stores. Glycogen stores will provide just a couple thousand calories while simultaneously accumulating acidic lactate metabolites, which will slowly begin to shut down the system. Two, during that same period of time, fuel with a slow-burning mixture of ketones or MCT oil, essential amino acids, electrolytes, and small amounts of non-fermentable carbohydrates. This strategy results in extremely stable fuel sources that don't leave the racer in a sugar and caffeine-infused funk six, eight, or 10 hours into the race, sometimes referred to as bonking or hitting the wall. Three, finally, and here's the important part. At 13.1 miles, you pull the trigger, meaning that at that point in the race and no earlier, you tap into all that energy and all those carbohydrates you've been patiently conserving and waiting to burn and all that lactic acid you've been waiting to generate. This is the point at which you go into the pain cave, put on the afterburners, dig deep, and gradually progress to your maximum sustainable pace. A pace that would have destroyed you if you'd attempted to sustain it early in the race. But if you've properly managed yourself the past several grueling hours, you now have just enough glycogen stores, just enough central nervous system willpower, and just enough muscle contractile capabilities to be able to sustain for roughly the equivalent of the final half marathon of the Ironman. At that exact point, You toss out all the fancy ketone, fat, and protein-based fuels and instead switch to the pure, glorious, liquid caffeinated sugar, specifically those handy cups of dark, rich, and usually flat Coca-Cola soda that they hand out every mile during the entire run of the Ironman. The folks who implement this strategy successfully wound up absolutely crushing their race, achieving their personal record, and perhaps most importantly, having an absolutely fabulous memory of their event. This is because rather than doing as most Ironman triathletes do, engaging in poor body management and experiencing the final few hours of what should be a glorious day, they are instead slogging in a slow and painful death march to the finish line. Instead, these triathletes would pass literally hundreds of their competitors and run with a big smile on their face all through the final mile giving high fives to the dense crowds that had built up towards that finish line, springing merrily across that finish line and jumping through the crowds to go hug their family and loved ones. Their competitors in the meantime would stumble across the same finish line on fumes of energy. Their legs look like Bambi trying to stand up on a frozen lake of ice. Their faces sport permanent frowns because they simply failed to manage their bodies during the race. They tried to push through the race relying upon fitness alone. They didn't pace accordingly and burnt all their matches far too early in the race. So what the heck does this have to do with life? 
Well, in my opinion, us hard-charging, high-achievers who want to go crush our own personal Mount Everest, whether that be an Ironman triathlon, a Spartan race, a CrossFit competition, or any other gritty event that challenges, motivates, and inspires us, well, we have two options. Option one is to push through everything. Train. Train harder. Rinse, wash, repeat. Shove aside friends, family, career, and hobbies to pour in the junk miles and adhere to poorly structured, overly voluminous training plans with inadequate recovery and subpar fueling strategies. When the big day does come around, continue to push through, relying on grit, fitness, and determination alone to try to get you to the finish line. Option two is to play smart. Train smart. Train smarter. Recover using science when possible. Adhere to a smartly structured training plan that incorporates elements such as weight and core training, high-intensity interval training, targeted heart rate intervals, and other strategies that ensure you have plenty of time to enjoy the rest of your life. When the big day comes around, manage your pacing, fueling, and hydration so that when the part of the race that really counts rolls around, you're prepared for an absolutely amazing finish line experience, one that you'll remember fondly for the rest of your life. And if you're not remotely interested in some masochistic sufferfest, the same rules apply. Plan ahead as you're living your life. Are you working 16-hour days and barely seeing your family and friends or enjoying your hobbies? Are you keeping your fingers crossed that if and when you finally have that big business breakthrough, if it's not too late, you'll still have some gas in the tank to be able to make up all those missed years? Are you hitting the gym with no plan, no recovery strategies, no goals, no self-quantification, and no direction, eating a diet that may not be the right diet for you, and just hoping that as you age, your body survives your non-managed fitness and nutrition protocols? Are you ignoring the importance of challenging your brain regularly with new activities and tiny daily challenges such as crossword puzzles, table tennis, learning an instrument, playing board games, painting, dancing, reading, and learning? Are you neglecting or de-emphasizing daily self-management protocols that enhance your life, such as gratitude journaling, meditation, breathwork, self-reflection, music, singing, celebration, family dinners, friendships, and relationships at the cost of the one part of you that is the most special and important, your spirit. Then mark my words, you'll be crossing the finish line of life on fumes. So, think ahead, plan, pace, care for your body, but also for your brain and your spirit. Manage. Then, when the time comes around when most folks quietly slip into a nursing home, become relegated to a wheelchair, get a knee and hip replacement, and sit on the sidelines, unable to join in as they watch their grandkids throw the football, you'll be steamrolling happily along with plenty of gas in the tank and plenty of adventures left to live. You just listened to the post titled, Life is an Iron Man. Pace Yourself Accordingly by Ben Greenfield of bengreenfieldfitness.com. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 
93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I think I've shared this before, but I often have my students perform this practice, particularly around midterms and finals. This is a technique I learned from the book Happier by Harvard professor Tal Ben-Shahar. I ask my students to imagine themselves in the future. Imagine they are 110 years old. Now, I then have them imagine that 110-year-old version of themselves giving advice to their current self. What would you say? I'd then have my students write down their responses. In the 10 years or so that I've required this assignment, and after reviewing hundreds and hundreds of student responses, I have yet to encounter one that said, watch more Netflix, or spend more time on my phone apps, or spend more time at work. Usually, their responses, meaning their advice to their younger selves, are something like, spend more time with my family and friends, or take better care of myself so that I am able to live to be 110 years old. As you can see, this practice puts life in perspective. It forces you to think about what's most important to you and whether or not you're actually making the time to do these things right now before it's too late. Just as Ben said in his post, manage, plan, pace, and care for your body along the way. Prioritize what's important to you and what will bring you meaning in this life. In fact, We'll discuss this a bit more on Saturday's episode. But basically, spend your time wisely. And let us all live to celebrate a happy, healthy, 110-year-old birthday, whenever that may be. All right, that'll do it for today. I'll be back here tomorrow for our usual Friday Q&A. So stay tuned for that, where your optimal life awaits.